You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Ross Tucker podcast, WIP 94.1 in Philadelphia, Westwood 1. MyFrontPage.com, the Ross Tucker betting podcast. MyFrontPageStory.com. My my bad. Come on. Uh, he's going to join us at uh, 8.30. And then your chance to qualify for a $500 gift card from our good friends at Charm Diamond Centers. And qualify for that to draw us tomorrow. But we are giving away four VIP tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival on Sunday, August 27th. Uh our next guest spoke to Nazem Kadri, who said after that hit by Jacob Truba, he, quote, took it like a man. When's the last time you, quote, took it like a man? 960-960, name and location. Uh, we'll do that to wrap up the program. But right now, the franchise covers the Flames for Sportsnet. You watch them on the broadcast, sportsnet.ca. The Eric Francis Show on Sportsnet 960. We say good morning to the franchise. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You pronounce it Francis. Okay. We're doing pronunciations. It's mm. Fran- Eric Francis. I'm kidding. Is it Francis? Hey, okay. The, 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 Sh- Jakai, you know, you were asking people to pronounce the, the, the Montreal defenseman. Yeah. He has the greatest nickname I've ever heard in the NHL. Yeah. Have you heard? Have you heard what it is? Wi Fi. It's the best. It is so great. That yeah. is so clever. God, sometimes NHLers can be very clever. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially with nicknames. Did you, um, did you hear the part where Alex thought it was Zajac? <laughs> yeah, it was very disappointing. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of work to be done there. A lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. again, he's learning. He's learning, uh, Eric. There's a learning uh, curve, yeah. Yeah, sure. uh, we have Lou on once a week, and uh, we like to learn life lessons from Lou. And uh, the last time we had you on, uh, you went on a bit of a rant about uh, airline travel because you're a guy who, who who's a frequent flyer. Um, we want to do a little segment every time you jump on, what's irking Eric? Uh, do you want to do that now, or do you want to do it at the end of the interview? <laughs> we, you know what? We could do it now if you want. Let's do it now. Yeah, okay. Well, and, well, okay, so do we have a bet or something, Alex, for this? Uh, <laughs> that's a no. Just say no. It's easy. It's an yeah. easy word. It's one of my favorites in the dictionary, Alex. No. Um, we'll, we'll think of a bed, something that, you know, maybe angry, maybe not really angry, maybe something nice and light, but, uh, Eric Francis, what's irking Eric today on a Thursday? So I'm, I'm, I don't want to, it's not always about flying, but because it's been dominating my life over the last couple of weeks, uh, a couple of things about flying again, different from last time's ranting. I saw a dude tuck a newspaper and god bless him for reading a newspaper there are many people left but the guy tucked a newspaper out of usa today he literally like almost deliberately tucked it under his armpit got up and marched to the lavatory on an airplane and to go and like Mm. pour over the sports stats or whatever it is while he's sitting in there like that's (laughs) the most disgusting thing i've seen on an airplane in years yeah and he and he didn't disappoint in terms of like, he wasn't just in there to, to read the standings. He was in there to, to read every article. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. The lineup started just backing up, and who knows what else backed up. But that is ignorant as hell. <laughs> if you're going to go in there, make it quick, and please don't bring a newspaper. Right. Just doing it. Um, was he a that, bigger gentleman? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even a little grosser? Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought maybe you knew who it was, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. <laughs> A pal of yours, yeah, yours. like I, yeah, like bringing a, a, a reading material into the airplane again. People just have no shame and give zero, you know what's. That is pretty disgusting, Eric. I like it. What else you got for us? When the plane lands, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a cue for two things. It's not a cue for clapping. That stopped in the eighties. <laughs> you know, like it used to be in the eighties when it was about a fifty-fifty chance that you weren't going to make it to the flight. <laughs> You're like, God damn, good job. I don't think that's right. Everybody but anyway. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm loose with the stats. But yeah. it just felt like it was a little more of a gamble. Right. In the 70s and 80s. Because everyone's on the plane smoking and everything. You know? yeah. and, <laughs> Drinking. And, and, yeah. yeah. And, and, and everybody clapped. I, I actually was out having drinks last night with uh, the flight crew that does all the Flames uh, charters. Okay. And, and Kelly Rudy and Rick Ball. And, and they were saying that people still clap. But it's only on you know, sunny destinations, like people that fly once a year or, or mm. once in their life. And they're like, Oh my God, we made it. Let's clap. That, that doesn't need to happen anymore. Like uh, the appreciation for the pilot is just kind of understood. Okay. The other thing, when the plane lands, it's not a cue to stand up. Okay. And I'm not just being like, like a, a flight attendant who's you got to wait for the ding and the, and the, the seatbelt sign to go off. I, that's not about that. Even after that, that goes off, until your row is ready to vacate, don't stand up. If you're on the aisle, okay, I get it. You might want to grab a bag and start to get ready. But if you're in the middle seat or the or the window seat, don't stand up. Don't because you're trying to like what are you, you're trying to get ahead of the game. You're gonna you're gonna get a head start on everybody. No, just sit down, enjoy the rest of the ride until it's time for your row to deplane in an orderly fashion from the front to the back. There you go. I, I like that. Uh, we got a text too. Um, went just went to Cancun in January, and when we landed, people clapped. There you go. Exactly what you just <laughs> hey, talked about. It's always in a sunny destination for the for the people who don't fly a lot. Yeah. That's fine. Enjoy it however you want. But uh, you know another one that bugs me. Okay. And, and hey, and this is what's Sunday irking night. Eric. This is why we have you yeah, on. Yeah. 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 Monday night MSG. Somebody gets lit up with a huge hit. A huge clean hit. And they have to fight every single time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the outcome. I love it. I love fighting in hockey. I love that it's spontaneous. I love that you're defending a teammate. I love everything that stems from it. But if I just look straight up at the situation, and we used to see this in Calgary all the time with Dion Phaneuf, who was like one of the last of the great big hitters, you know, the Scott Stevens types, he'd hit, he'd blow guys up all the time. And then he would have to fight every time. Like, that is that drives me crazy. That is that's a ridiculous rule. Again, I get it. I like what happens when it happens. But if I'm a coach, and and this is what the the Flames coaches told Dion Phaneuf, that you don't have to fight every time, and don't fight every time. That's what they want. Uh, not only do you blow a guy up, but then also you're risking injury, and then you're in the penalty box. So we don't want that. So I that I don't know about you guys, but I think it's just so Neanderthal that every time you light someone up, you got to now fight. You with me on that one? No, no, 100%. Like, my one thing, and it is what Chris Tanev said after the game, was he was said, in the heat of the moment, he thought that Truba had got Dubé with a knee, and if it's a dirty hit like that, maybe you do want to react. So I understand when a player sees something and they're like, oh, I thought that was dirty, and then they see a replay later, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't. I didn't need to react like that. But that's my only kind of uh, devil's advocate point I would bring up. Totally agree. And and I think that's a fair comment. And, like, hey – the way Kadri was hit the other night is 
his his lid goes flying yeah, off. It was like, a violent it was a violent hit, but it was you know as you know, Kadri told me it was dead clean. That's fine, but at the time you're just like I don't I don't expect teammates to like anyone getting rocked. But you'd also have to send a message on okay, even clean hits we're not going to stand by and just watch. I get the messages and and the, the way it all works, but the reality is it shouldn't be that way in the hockey world. You you lay a clean hit out, good on you. You're one of the few guys in the league who knows how to do it. Are you someone who would rather just uh, grab a number, wait for next game, for instance, so, oh, I don't know, a Saturday coming up when the Rangers come to town? <laughs> yeah, those are fun too. I like those because that gives us lots of talk and write about. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Sammy Blay come to the Saddle Dome against uh, <laughs> uh, Melai Lucic, if that's what you're alluding to. <laughs> yeah, well, whether it's Truba or Blay, I feel like... I feel like if you got tickets to that hockey night game, you're going to be in for a, a little bit of a ring a ding dong dandy. Well, but you know, guys, no. I mean, when we start to hype that yeah, up, you know, yeah, excited yeah. about it, and and like, guys, I've been doing radio all over North America, stemming from that game on Monday. Like, I can't believe how much that game resonated around the National Hockey League. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, in our city, everyone's a buzz because it was a great game, comebacks, hits, you know, mistakes, uh, goals overtime like it had everything you'd want in a hockey game but i think because it was our monday night national game so everyone in the country mm. you know had access to it plus it was all over the u.s too um i just i can't believe uh, you know everyone from elliot to, to reporters in florida are all saying that was the most entertaining game of the year so far this year and i'm like oh okay cool uh, i don't think the flames are generally considered a team that would produce the most exciting game of the year but good on him. It was fun to be part of. Eric Francis, host of the Eric Francis Show, right here on Sportsnet 960. Obviously, Sportsnet Flames contributor on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Um, Eric, who starts in goal tonight, you think? It's Vladar. Yeah, I think it'll be Vladar, and I think that's the right call. And I know everybody in the city agrees with me for once. Uh, <laughs> you know, but again, I, I shouldn't stick my neck out and guess what this coach is going to do. I mean, we've all been burned by that a hundred million times. Um, but just, you know, kind of basing it off of practice. I sense that it's going to be Vladar, uh, but uh, who knows, right? I mean, I do feel like this coach is coming around. You know, I still think he's going to start marks from 65, 70% of the time from now to the end of the season. And that's going to drive people crazy, uh, given the way everything's shaken out this year with Markstrom not really playing as well as he usually does. Uh, but I, I, I think he's, I think he's, he's he, I'm not saying he's hearing the noise because he, he tunes that stuff out and makes him angry. But I, I, I do think, you know, a 13 game streak is, is pretty good evidence that you maybe should go with the guy a little more. So I'd like to see Vladar, but if I tweet out, you know, in an hour or whatever from now, when I go down to the skate here in Detroit, that uh, Markstrom's starting, I I know that Twitter's going to go nuts again. Uh, we'll see. I, I think it'll be Vladar. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Vladar. But what, what, mm-hmm. I, what I wanted to ask you is, when's the last time you saw Jacob Markstrom get that emotional on two goals? The tying goal showed a ton of emotion, and then the angry stick break on the overtime winner. You know, I'm telling you, George, it's a great question because, you know, I think that, one of the toughest things for a goalie to do, I'm talking about 12-year-olds, 15-year-olds, 30-year-olds, is you got to mask your emotions because also your team feeds off of it, right? If the team sees you all mad or angry or, or down, 
uh, it can kill your team. And, and, and Markstrom's usually pretty good at masking his emotions, but not this year. Everything from, you know, breaking sticks over the post like he did at the end of the game, throwing a stick up the ice. I've seen him do that. Uh, you know, I stated after, after a practice last week in Calgary, and uh, Vladar was starting that night, so Markstrom was out there taking extra reps. And it ended with him smashing a stick over the crossbar and then hurling it down the ice. So, like, this is an ongoing issue that he's dealing with this year. It just shows you how this is in his head. It's, he's really struggling mentally as well as physically this year, and it's not a good sign. And, and I think it'll pass, but it might not be till next season. I don't know. Yeah, that's been kind of fascinating to watch. But one of the things we were talking about uh, earlier and on in the program was Jacob Pelche and how the narrative has shifted from Pelche. You know, you mentioned Twitter earlier. There was a lot of people who were calling for him to get in the lineup. Daryl Sutter takes a little bit of a, a measured approach, limited ice time to start, but the ice time starts going up bit by bit. But the offense hasn't necessarily been there as far as the points go. What have you made of the the kind of five games that we've seen Jacob Pelche play and how the transition has been from, you know, five, six minutes up into the teens? Well, listen, one of the best things that ever happened to Pelche in retrospect is the, is the disrespect that Daryl Sutter showed him and the media and the fans that day. Because Daryl Sutter got a good talking to about that. And Daryl Sutter has done a mea culpa ever since. If you guys noticed, you know, the next time he was made available to the media, it was a 17-minute press conference. It was, uh, you know, and he went out of his way. He wasn't even asked about Pelche, but he went out of his way to talk about all the positives with this kid and why he, he can be a good player in this league. And there's no question about it. Daryl Sutter was told in no uncertain terms that that was unacceptable what he did. And we've since seen a total turnaround in his attitude towards the kid in terms of what he says about him try and pump him up mm. in terms of tearing him down but also in terms of ice time he's gone from being a five-minute player to now being on the second line for what the last three games uh that, that game on monday who was on the top power play unit sure you was. know jacob pelt right like he's going to give pelchi every opportunity now to start as he said yesterday again we asked him about a bunch of different things the new power play units that he trotted out and he said we want to get this kid in, you know some offense and the best way to do that is give him nice prime power play time. So that, that his his approach to Pelletje has changed dramatically ever since that watershed moment. Yeah. And uh, and, and there's and it should it should uh, this kid deserves a chance. He's done nothing wrong uh, except for work his ass off and do everything the organization has asked of him. I get it. He thinks the kid's small and he's not sure he's ever going to be a big impact player in the NHL. That's Daryl's opinion. He's always felt that way about small players and, and new players who have to earn his trust. But uh, I think I think that, that that relationship is evolving in a positive way, I really do believe. I think it was Ryan Leslie who shared the point that Jonathan Huberto had taken Pelche out to dinner for his first night in New York uh, when they arrived there uh, the night before to play the Rangers too, which I thought was cool that there's a little bit of a relationship growing there. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of the rumors around the Flames. Uh, of course, we know Brad Living likes to be active and, and has a, a, a thumb on everything that's going on around the NHL, but one of the more recent ones that's been linked to the Flames is Luke Shen of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, right-hand shooting, rugged defenseman. Would you like the fit if uh, that happened to be a match? It's funny. I mean, I, I don't deal in rumors. I don't read rumors. I can't stand. I get it. Fans love that stuff. And that's fine. That's just not my, I don't, I can't stand it, but I have been using, it's funny you say it. Cause that's, that's kind of news to me that people are linking them. I have been using Luke Shen as an example of the type of guy that the flames would be looking for though. Yeah. High off the glass, just a sturdy 
veteran defenseman that Daryl Sutter knows he can trust and count on, and he's been there and done that and had some success. So uh, Shen is exactly the kind of guy I think the Calgary Flames would like to go out and acquire. But again, if this team is, is just middling around in two or three weeks as we approach the deadline, and it's not they're not even sure if they're going to make the playoffs, I don't think this GM should do anything with this organization. I don't think the players have earned it. And uh, I, I think that uh, giving up futures for a team that's just right on the cusp of missing the playoffs doesn't make sense to me. Uh, now, let's see what the next three weeks brings. If this team goes on a roll, as they should, with a relatively easy schedule, although we always know how they respond to playing crappy teams, uh, you know, if they, if they do uh, merit uh, some, some, some reward, then, then I think that a, I think a steady defenseman is who they're going to uh, go after. And, you know, I just want also the other kind of rumor, or, you know, Trilliving has said to me since the start of the camp, you know, that I'm still looking for a top nine forward. But he's been very careful to point out of late, and I'm sure you guys have noticed, like he said, well, when I said that, you know, we still would like a top nine guy. But when I said that, I, I also meant that it could come from within. Jacob Pelche could be that guy. If they continue to see improvement and they think he could be, a, you know, have some sort of impact in the top nine, then I don't think they'll go out and get a significant forward at the deadline, but it all, it all, their course of action all depends. I mean, I was talking to tree living yesterday. It all depends on, on how this team, you know, responds over the next two or three weeks. Otherwise they may not get anybody in their lineup. Um, Eric, you talk about uh, whether or not this team deserves to go get uh, some assets, some players to help down the stretch here, but how tough is it kind of to be on team Jonathan Huberto right now, based on his play? Sorry, how tough is it to be on team Jonathan? Huberto? Like that game against the Rangers, honestly, he was kind of invisible in that game. And he has had a lot of games this season where he disappears. And I know a lot of that is new city, new situation. I get all of that. But they've invested a ton into that guy, and they need him to elevate his game. Oh, yeah. uh, how tough is it to to kind of like, hey, you know, like be on team Huberto when it's easy to crap on the guy. But at this point, Eric, it's hard to defend him. I think that's well put, uh, you know. Yesterday, Sutter was asked about him. Uh, you know, a reporter in Detroit was just kind of doing the whole Huberto Uyghur, you know, how's it, how's it fit story, which we've written a million times and talked about endlessly in Calgary. And, uh, you know, uh, to be honest, and I, and I love them both as guys. They're great guys. And sure. so I hate, but, but they're both pretty beige this year, right? They're, they're, they've just kind of blended in. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've made the argument at times that I think Huberto's actually hurt this team more than he's helped them. Uh, you know, there's been a couple overtime gaffes that have cost them the game uh, that he's been part of. And, uh, and, and, and offensively, I don't see it. Like I see no sign of a guy who had 115 points in the national hockey league last year. Like that's stunning to me. Like it, 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 to think that he did that. Now the structure is so different. Well, there is structure in Calgary. There was no structure in, in Florida. That's pond hockey. Uh, by any other name and, 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 and lots of guys flourish under that. Uh, but coming in here with the structure, I do believe Huberto will figure it out. I don't believe there's, <laughs> I got caught doing this with Johnny Gaudreau, so I won't say it again, but you know, I, I don't, I can't imagine Huberto could ever return to those point totals again, but that's, that was, you know, that's not expected. I think that, that he would be expected though, to be a 90 point guy in this league, given right. how much he's paid. And uh, that would be acceptable. What's he on pace for, guys? Like fifty-five points, sixty oh points, and 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 like you say, it, forget about the points because we often put too much emphasis on that. I agree with you. He's he's invisible on a lot of nights, and 
that mastery of passing that, you know, Daryl Sutter kind of took a swipe at Johnny uh, for in preseason when he said Huberto might be the best passer in franchise history, which was just a blatant attempt to try and pump his guy up and also, you know, buried Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a ridiculous statement now. Like, he'd be about the sixth or seventh best passer on the Flames team, if you ask me right now. So there's a long way to go. I do believe he's going to get there, but I don't believe it's going to be this year. Uh, it's just, re- this, this season's gone too long. Uh, real quick, Eric, I got a text in. want to share it with you before we go because you, you jumped on and what was irking Eric. Uh, we, this, this listener needs some advice. Guys, my birthday's on the 28th and the Flames play the Bruins. Should I spend that night at the Dome or should I be worried this team will disappoint me on my birthday? I'm in a real pickle and need the morning show help. Ask Francis. Does he go to the Dome to watch a game against the NHL's best team and maybe get disappointed on his birthday? Or should he just go to the Dome and just crush some heroin beers in the top top of the Dome? Well, you can do both. Right? Okay. You can go to the game and you can crush those beers. And, uh, and, and God, you know, yeah, on paper you think, Lord, that could be a slaughter, the best team in the league against, uh, against the Flames. But Flames have stepped up and played yeah. really well against some of the better teams. So I... I wouldn't be willing to say that. He's got to go to the game, go support his team. There you go. Uh, and crush the beers. So it's a win-win for everyone except for him the next day when he's feeling like ass. And what a, and what a double bonus if they beat the Bruins, too. What an incredible birthday that would be. Well, and, and at this time of year, a win like that at home could do huge things for See? this franchise or for this team to, you know, to kind of kickstart their – they got to go on a roll here, guys, and that's the bottom line. But I still think – I still think they're a playoff team. Like, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. If I had to pick a team that's going to fall out of that race, I still think it's Seattle. Mm. Uh, you know, but I... Uh, Me, it's Vegas, know, but anyway. Me, it's it LA. Be. Yeah. The whole three of us have a different team. Candidates. Yeah. Well, those are the three candidates, right? Yeah. I don't think many people think it could be the Flames. Right. Nobody thinks and, it's going to be cool. And I, and I think yeah, the Oilers are win. locked to be a top three team in the, in the, oh, in the division. I, I, I think they'll win the division. I mean, the way they've been going lately, they finally figured it out. Finally getting goaltending. I mean... They're the team to beat now in the Pacific, I think. But, uh, boy, that hurt to say. That hurt a lot. Yeah, that, yep. <laughs> um, Throw up in your mouth a little bit. Eric, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll do another edition of What's Irking Eric, and we'll have, like, a nice bed for you underneath it, too. I'd appreciate that. Okay. Talk to you next <laughs> week, Franchise. Boy. You take care. Yeah, cheers. There he is, Eric Francis, host of the Eric Francis Show on Sports at 960, Sportsnet Flames contributor on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975? Wow. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. You know what it is? Mm. A secret. It is a secret. secret. You know it isn't a secret having Ross Tucker on on Thursdays. He's straight ahead. (laughs) Tee up the Super Bowl, and we're giving away the four VIP passes to the Comedy Festival, the Outdoor Comedy Festival on Sunday, August 27th, the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival, Sunday, August 27th. Nazem Kadri said he took that Truba hit like a man. How did you take that hit? Or how did you take something like a man? 960, 960 name and location. Also, your chance to qualify for a $500 gift card from our good friends at Charm Diamond Centers. We'll do that in the final segment before we hand things over to Patrick and Alex. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand.
The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Um, to wrap up the program, we're giving away four VIP tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival for Sunday, August 27th, and your chance to qualify for a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. Nazem Kadri said he took that hit from Jacob Truba on Monday night, quote, like a man, 960-960, name and location. When's the last time you, quote, took something like a man? Uh, we'll do that to wrap up the program. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan uh, text reading robot, Texty McTexterson, will join us to read your text messages. But first, we got to talk some Super Bowl. And our man, NFL analyst, the Ross Tucker Podcast, WIP 94-1 in Philadelphia, Westwood 1 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Ross Tucker. Hey, Ross, how are you? I am hanging in there, fellas. Yeah, I just uh, took the red eye back from Phoenix back to Philadelphia and uh, probably got three hours sleep each of the last two nights. So Mm. as soon as I'm done talking with you guys, I'm going to take a nap like a man. I love it. Uh, Again, uh, doing morning shows, which I'm sure you've done, uh, naps in the afternoon are so sweet. After doing an AM morning show, um, Ross wanted to ask. Wanted you, know to talk- you know what's weird about that, by the way? What? You know what's weird about that? I have friends that make fun of me because I take a lot of naps. Well, first of all, like sleep is really important to your health, yes, and to your performance. And secondly, it's like, wait a minute, if I go to bed at ten thirty and get up at four thirty and sleep six hours, and then later on in the day I sleep an hour and a half or seven and a half. But you sleep eight hours at night. Why are you making fun of me for that? Like, yeah. I, like first of all, we shouldn't be um, sleep shaming people. That's right. In twenty twenty three, you're right. Okay. Secondly, um, you know, I, I don't understand. Like, the, what what difference does it make when, when you get to sleep in? I would actually say, and you guys can probably speak to this. I think, like, an hour and a half, two hour nap, midday nap is more useful, more mm. powerful than adding on another hour and a half to your overnight sleep. I, I would I would agree with that. You wake up refreshed and you're ready to tackle the rest of your day. Um, I wanted to ask you this, Ross, too. Our, uh, we just had Eric Francis on. He's a Calgary sports legend, and uh, he's a frequent flyer, much like you are, too. And he just told us the story of a gentleman who tucked a USA Today under his arm and went to the airplane washroom to read the newspaper and then came out with same said newspaper. If you're sitting beside that dude, your thoughts. Um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want the, uh, I don't want the USA today to touch me, <laughs> right. but you know, we all poop. That's a fact. Yep. And you need something to read. Yep. While you're pooping, you can't just sit there and ponder, you know, the meaning of life. Yep. You got to be reading something. Okay. And the reality is, if he hadn't tucked the USA Today under his armpit, I didn't know that. I didn't even know they still did the USA Today, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. If he didn't uh, tuck the USA Today under his armpit and go in there, he would have just been reading something on his phone anyway. Mm. And is that any better? Is that any different? I actually respect. That that guy had the stones to right. get up and put that USA Today under his <laughs> armpit 
because everybody knew what he was about to do then. Like, everybody knew the deal on the whole plane, Yep. and he didn't care. You know, a lot of people, I don't know why people are, like, ashamed or afraid of bowel movements or people knowing that they had a bowel movement. Like, sometimes I'll be, like, my mother-in-law, for some unknown reason, every once in a while, like, if I disappear, maybe we're at dinner or something, maybe we're at their house, and I disappear for a while to do my business, I come back, she'll say something like, I know where you were. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, and, it's, and I almost want to be like, yeah, I was pooping. Like, what? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. But what? Like, like, oh, yeah, you, you caught me, you know, red-handed. <laughs> like, I, I don't get it. Um, Just real quick, Ross. What is the grossest thing you've seen on an airplane? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm trying to think. Do you want to come back um, to it? Yeah, let me let me ponder that. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, you know, people that are barefoot is probably the big <laughs> one. Yeah. Wandering around the germ tube in their bare feet. Well, actually, actually, taking off their socks <laughs> and like airing out their dogs. Like I get Ugh. it. Like that's a great feeling. But you do that on the plane. Like then I'm like smelling that. Yeah. Everyone's all together. No good for sure. Um, did want to ask you about some Super Bowl storylines as we're getting set for the big game on Sunday. Obviously, the the two brothers going head-to-head has been a, a big story with Travis and Jason Kelsey. And I think a lot of people would answer this the same, but being a former offensive lineman, I wonder if you'd answer it differently. If you could start a team with a young Jason Kelsey or a young Travis Kelsey, which one would you choose? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. Hmm. Mm. I think. I think if Jason Kelsey played guard, it would definitely be Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Okay. I think if he played, I think if he played tackle, it's still a little bit debatable. The thing is, is the center is the leader of the offensive line and kind of like sets the tone for the whole offensive line. So you're getting more value out of Kelsey than just what you see when you watch him play. Because they're also, they're the ones that have to redeclare the protection. They're kind of the brains of the operation. Mm. I think I would still lean Travis Kelsey because you can get like, Here's how I would describe it. You're fine with an average center. If you have an average tight end, I think there's a big I think there's a bigger difference in the outcome of games between an elite tight end and an average tight end versus an elite center and an average center. So I think the answer is is, is Travis. Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Ross Tucker podcast, Westwood One, WIP 941 Philadelphia on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Um, Ross, everyone, uh, a lot of the public's on the Eagles in this matchup, and I feel like we might see some sharp money on the Chiefs when it's all said and done. 
Are you are you on the Eagles train here? Because clearly, if you look at the two rosters, they have a deeper roster, but it's hard to bet against Mahomes and Reed, though, right? Yeah, especially Mahomes. I mean, just the idea of Mahomes being an underdog and you being able to get plus money on Patrick uh, Patrick Mahomes on the money line or obviously get the point and a half that's out there doesn't happen very often. And it doesn't happen very often for a reason. And that reason is because Mahomes is so good. He's the best player on the planet. And I'm not sure it's real close. Like, I think Joe Burrow is excellent. But I just think Mahomes is clearly a, a notch above. So um, it makes it tough. If you think it's going to be a close game, this is the issue I have, guys. I think it's going to be a good competitive close game. Well, in a close game, we've all seen Mahomes make the critical play for the Chiefs to win the game late in a close contest. We've, we've all seen him like 20 times. I don't think Hurts has ever really done it. Hurts has not really been in a position to do it. So close game, I think you got to lean Mahomes and the Chiefs. That said, the Eagles have like an all-time roster. I mean, they, they have a beautiful roster. It's the best team in franchise history. And frankly, you know, if they dominate up front, let's just say they win by 10 points. Well, we got to talk about them then next week when we wrap things up. As one of the best teams ever. You know, they would then be 17-1 and when Hertz is in the lineup and would have won all three playoff games by double digits, including the first two by 20-some points. Really impressive. feel like one of the things that the Chiefs can try to do is, is make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. We know he's been dealing with his shoulder injury and the, the run game has been really dynamic for the Eagles all season long, but how much confidence do you have in the Eagles if they have to really dial it in and, and kind of approach the passing game? Because we know they've got weapons, and I think the biggest question would be Hurts' shoulder. Yeah, you know, and I don't even know how much of it is the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess I kind of feel like, and it's interesting, because I talked to Dr. David Chow from Sports Injury Central dot com yesterday and i'm going to air that interview on tomorrow's ross tucker football podcast because he gave me the lowdown you know 20 years he was the chargers team doctor he gave me the lowdown on mahomes and Kadarius tony versus avante maddox and jalen hurts and his point was like if the shoulder was that big a deal the eagles wouldn't be talking about it so much right like you don't want the opponent to think it's really bad so you wouldn't be talking about it and, like, hyping it up, which I thought was interesting. I do agree with your point, though, which is a 1,000% that if I'm the Chiefs, I load up to stop the run, and I make Jalen Hurts beat me. And if he does, tip of the cat, more power to him, but make him make difficult throws down the field. Is Chris Jones the key to this game for the Chiefs outside of Patrick Mahomes? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, mm. I guess there's the potential that he has a really big disruptive game. I just don't see that happening against the Eagles. I mean, their offensive line is so good. We're talking like 90s Cowboys good. 
That's how good the Eagles offensive line is. So Chris Jones is fantastic. Might have been the best defensive player in the league this year. But I guess I have a tough time picturing him, you know, having a huge game. I mean, the, last week they played against the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Did he do anything? I didn't know him do anything. Right. Um, Ross, before I let you go, uh, two things. I want to ask about the grossest thing you've seen on a plane. But first, I wanted to talk to you about this. Um, we've seen that uh, the Eagles are cashing in, that their roster is so deep because they don't have to pay their quarterback that big, ginormous contract, although at the same side, the Chiefs are paying their quarterback a lot of money and got to the Super Bowl. But do you see that there's maybe a shift in the league that they need these younger quarterbacks to come in and make a bigger impact so you have that bit of a window here to potentially challenge for a Super Bowl? The Bengals got there last year. The Seahawks won their Super Bowl when Russell Wilson before he really got paid. Does that mean that there's just more pressure on these young quarterbacks and maybe the leash on these veteran quarterbacks will be a lot shorter? Yeah, um, that's interesting. I, I certainly think it's a it's a major advantage for the Eagles for this year. You know, they're going to have to pay them between 40 and $50 million this offseason. They got a bunch of free agents. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Bradbury and T.J. Edwards and both D-tackles. I mean, the, the list goes on. So um, this is the best roster the Eagles are going to have. Like, they're not going to be – I mean, they still might be really good next year. Hey, maybe they'll win the Super Bowl next year. But they're not going to be able to keep the band together. Mm-hmm. And they have the flexibility to, like, sign Bradbury after the Giants cut him in May because they have a bunch of cap space because the quarterback's making peanuts. Okay, uh, before I let you go, and uh, the Super Bowl, we're all excited for it on Sunday. Grossest thing you've seen on a plane? Um, I think I already answered it with the guys. Okay. That, 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 um, take off the socks. Like take, their, take, their, take their work shoes like they worked. And they take the work shoes off. Yeah. And then they take their socks off. And they just got their, like, first of all, I'm not, like, overly excited about looking at their feet. Yeah. And then, like, it's just got that that stank. <laughs> you can smell. It, it's not good. Yeah. File. Um, I saw that something was trending on social media a couple days ago. Uh, was somebody uh, was clipping their toenails on a flight. <sighs> How is that possible? Yeah, exactly. How is that legal? How was the how was the air marshal not arresting that yeah. person immediately if that was in fact the case? That's incredible. It, it mean, is. It really is. Next, you know, they got the next person. Yeah. That's next level stuff if you're clipping your toenails on a flight. No boy. That is next level stuff. Uh Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, the Ross Tucker Podcast, WIP. 94-1 in Philadelphia, Westwood 1. Ross, we're excited to talk to you next week. We'll break down the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll also look ahead to the offseason. Thanks for this. Enjoy the game. Absolutely. Can't wait, guys. There he is, Ross Tucker on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe, Maddie, since 1975. Dine-in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right, we got some business to attend to before we say goodbye for the day. Mm. Yes, sir. 
Um, we're giving away um, four VIP tickets to the Great Outdoors Comedy Festival on Sunday, August 27th. And we're also finding a qualifier for our $500 gift card to Chime, Charm Diamond Centers. Uh-huh. We'll do that tomorrow. Yep. Um, Nazem Kadri said he, quote, took that hit from Jacob Truba on Monday night like a man. When is the last time you took something like a man? 960, 960, name and location. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan, text reading robot, Texty McTexerson's joining us. Patrick, how many you got in the holster for us today Ooh, from Texty? Oh, boy. Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> Some good ones? 11 good ones and one joke one. Okay. Oh. All right. Let's All right. fire it up. Let's okay. do it. All right. Scott in Evergreen, the last time I took it like a man... I was in a sewer trench nine and a half feet down. I went to go pull myself up. My arm slipped off the shoring device and I dislocated my shoulder. Had to relocate my own shoulder in the trench and then climb out with one arm. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. Take That's a, a tough one. Take a breath, Texty. My goodness. Woof. And his arm is just hanging there as he's climbing back up. Well, not for that long. He popped it in himself. Okay, I'm sure that wasn't searing pain. Well, yeah, oh. no, it's fine. I'm sure right. that wasn't that bad. Scott, okay. Scott with the shoulder. Okay, right. I like that okay. one. All right, keep them coming. Tanner in Airdrie, building a house. I stepped off a floor truss by accident. Did the flying V onto a truss onto my twins down below. Oh, oh Far boy. to say I was a little purple and blue for a few days. But oh. took it like a man. Okay, uh, Tanner with the uh, the nut truss. Oof. Yeah, house builder. I was going house builder, Tanner. Oh, but sorry. You went right away to the. I wrote. Uh, never mind. Yeah, I won't say it again. To, to the nether regions. All right, let's go, Texty Moore. Matt from Copperfield. When I had my vasectomy, <laughs> wife took me in to make sure I got it done. Doctor started the procedure before the freezing took effect. Oh. Lay there sweating while my wife held a puke bucket as the pain was so extreme. Doctor finally finished, so I got up and dusted myself off. <laughs> okay, I just like I, just no, like Nazem Kadri. No, no, I'm like dusted Bill, myself off, and away you go. I, I like that, but I'm like I'm like Bill Belichick. I'm taking the the challenge flag out of my gross sock and I'm throwing it on the field right now. Tanner, they're not going to start the Matt. They're not going to start the procedure without the freezing kicking in. Like, that's the part of the story I don't believe. Like, a doctor's going to start chopping up down there without the freezing kicking in? Come on. And then your wife's allowed to be in the operating room with a puke bucket? Flags everywhere on that story. Laundry all over the field. Yeah, I'm, I don't believe it. I'm Again, I appreciate uh, the usage of the Nazem Kadri stuff and wanting to, like, weasel your way in. <laughs> But I think that story is filled with a lot of inaccuracies. All right, we're crossing Matt off the list. All right, next. On to the next. Dustin in Calgary, going down the stairs at the dome from the high 200s, Uh-oh. went to go get a beer slipped on the stairs. Landed on my ass and ribs shot right back up. Continued going down the stairs once I got into the concourse level drop to a knee, hurt to take a breath. Broke two ribs. <laughs> Took it like a man. Until I got away from the people who saw me eat a pile of crap. <laughs> All right, Dustin, who broke two ribs at the dome. I like, that. I like that. See, that sounds like a reasonable story. Yeah, and clearly, Dustin needs more calcium in his life to strengthen his bones. <laughs> and I like the fact that he waited until he was back on the concourse and then went yeah. and took a knee. Yeah, had a quick breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the searing Maybe pain. Maybe I'm not okay. <laughs> All right, keep them rolling. Let's go, Texty. When I was in a fight and we ended up in a pawn shop with a guy named Zed. That's a joke. That's a Pulp Fiction okay, reference. Yeah. All right. Gross. Keep them coming. Ryan in Huzar. Last time I took it like a man was when I was working on the family farm. Had a cow kick a metal gate into my face. <laughs> Chipped a couple teeth but had to keep sorting the cows. All right. Uh, chip teeth feels like best case scenario like, when a cow kicks a metal gate in your I, face. I, I'm assuming there's some velocity behind that, oh. too. I assume that it, yeah, I'm sure the cows were really gentle Never with stand kicking near the, a cow. Yeah. No, All right. Hard pass. How many you got left? I got uh, six. Wow. Okay. Rapid fire. Let's go. This The next two are pretty long. Jason in Airdrie. The last time I took it at Like a Man was quite a while ago in a drunken yucky flux stupor. A couple of buddies and I decided it would be a great idea to climb a school roof. After our exploration I was first to try and climb down. I grabbed onto something I thought was metal, nope, plastic. <laughs> this is when I learned the words you say when you think you're going to die are. Oh <laughs> I fell about 15 feet, landing on my stomach with my arms tucked in front of me. Oh no. Took about 30 seconds to take my first breath, stood up peeled the gravel shrapnel out of my forearms and elbows, grabbed my big gulp cup of alcohol-filled fruit, and watched with great interest as my buddies tried not to meet the same fate as I. Okay, I like that. School roof Jason. Okay, I like that one. Although I don't condone you climbing the roofs of schools. <laughs> Roofs. Corey. But I've done it before. It's fun. Okay. Corey from Red Deer. Okay, Corey. The okay. last time I took it like a man. I was at a country bar in Red Deer. A guy had spilled a beer on my girl so I mentioned to him that he should be more careful. <laughs> okay. He took offense and threw down. It didn't go well for him. Fast forward two hours when I walked out of the bar with my girl, there was two guys standing there and one of them had an aluminum bat. I got hit twice in the face with it and took it like a man, dusting myself off and moving on a couple teeth short. Oof. That's a tough story, Corey. We hate assault. Aluminum bat, Corey. There's one thing I hate. It's assault. Yeah. Again. Yeah, that's... Aluminum bat, and you only lost a couple of teeth, though. Yeah, he's... That's, probably that's a good scenario. chin on that guy, though. All, All right, right. Final let's go. four. Okay. Fonzie in Calgary. When my <laughs> hey. dog dropped his bone on my ingrown toenail, I took it like a man. Ouch. <laughs> That'd be Fonzie. Real right, tough. Fonzie. Johnny Mac in Ogden. I took it like a man when Connor scored that goal, and all my Euler friends were happy. <laughs> Okay, I like that one. Okay, Jamie in Airdrie, Frank definitely takes having gray hair and being overweight like a man. <sighs> Who is he going to man up and take to the game with him? All right, Jamie's uh, really trying to play to our show, which I enjoy. He but, listens. But Greg in Strathmore win you got my recent natural gas bill, $500. I took it like a man and paid it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got some breaking news, guys. Yeah, I saw okay, this what as well it? from the Flames. What the hell? What? So uh, yesterday, uh, Rasmus Anderson was hit by a car while he was riding a scooter on his way to dinner. He was taken to local hospital what? for a full battery of tests and was released last night. Uh, I don't know what this is going to mean for his status tonight. Obviously, the Flames are supposed to practice at 930, but the Flames just tweeted that out about uh, eight minutes ago that, yes, he was uh, riding a scooter on his way to dinner and some lovely Detroiter uh, hit him with a vehicle. 
though he was taken to hospital, full battery of tests. He was released last night, uh, but no other update from the Flames right now. Can we give Rasmus Anderson the prize, like taking it like a man? Holy crap. Anderson is doing well. He will remain with the team listed as day-to-day. Wow. So. All right. What do you guys like? Uh, Do you like Scott with the dislocated shoulder? Do you like Tanner, the house builder? Uh, Dustin with the two broken ribs at the dome. Yeah. Ryan, who got kicked by the cow. (laughs) Um, Corey, the aluminum bat to the chicklets. Um, Or Jason, the school roof guy. Hmm. I'm going to go. (laughs) Found out my girlfriend was pregnant after I had a vasectomy. Took it like a man. That's a tough one, too. Tough pill to swallow. Did it look like you? Uh, Okay, Scott, Tanner, or Dustin? Here's our choices. I'm going to go with... I want to go with the dude who fell out of the school. That's Jason. Jason. Which one do you want to give to Jason? The the Comedy Fest or the qualifying for the $500 gift card? Comedy Fest. He feels like a joker. All right, congratulations, (laughs) Jason. Uh, You are going to the... um, Great Outdoors Comedy Festival. You won four VIP tickets for Sunday, August 27th. I think we should uh, qualify uh, Scott because he was doing some good work in the down below the earth, doing some sewage stuff and popped his shoulder out and had to pop it back in to continue his work because Scott's one of those real man's man doing yeah. that. Yeah, okay. I can appreciate when you have to put your shoulder back in. Yeah. That's terrifying to me. All right, Scott, congratulations. Uh, you're one of our qualifiers for the $500 gift card to what the is Charm this clap? Diamond this? Centers. Did you get this from a symphony? What are we, Oprah? Well, so I guess the afternoon show, not to blame anybody, but they replaced the old applause with this one. Those idiots. You're blaming it. Yeah, let's blame them. You're blaming the afternoon show right now. Fire them all! Just kidding. They're good right. people back radio there. radio at its finest. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, that's it for Off us, mercifully. Like, I'm, I'm pooped after a Thursday. Tomorrow we're going to really, um, like, glide into the weekend on I a Friday. ready for bed, George. Uh, tomorrow we'll give our, our final qualifier for the $500 gift card from Charm. Char- oh, my God. From Charm Diamond Centers. Easy for me to say. I don't know if we'll do the draw or we'll just qualify the person. We'll find that out tomorrow. We'll talk about some Super Bowl parties. We'll break down the Flames and Red Wings. Super busy show tomorrow <laughs> as well as we try to kind of ease in to Friday. What do you got on Big Show Extra, Big Show Plus, Big Show Bueno, Alex? We'll do a little Wranglers uh, deep dive with uh, the play-by-play voice, Sandra Prisina, and uh, we'll do a little uh, Flames chat in the in the second half. You should also get her thoughts on Rasmus Anderson yeah. getting hit by a car, yeah, which I feel like is a, a pretty big deal. All yeah. right, that's it for us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.